This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. You know, what is it I don't, there's something else I don't, I don't do There's banquets. a lot of things that I don't you do don't banquets. do. I, I really try not to do banquets if all possible. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at Online.com. So you will address me as Stephen A. or Mr. Smith. You won't call me a bona fide scrub and then continue to talk on my damn show. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's intercepted by Jacob File and a chance at a house call. File 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Bullpup. Everything happening in the sports world. Mahomes throws it for the touchdown. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I go to Walmart and get my $18 pair of shoes the last two years, and it's just fine. You like those fine? No Zions for you. No Zions for me. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, the biggest St. Louis Cardinals rooter you know, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. (laughs) Good afternoon. Steve, have you determined where you're going to take your lunch bet at? Oh, I'll, I'll just probably let you out of it. I'm, I'm That's nice not the way this works, Steve. I'm a nice guy. Well, because you know, I would not have let you out of it. Well, you know where I'd go. Well, I, I can think of an Italian place that you might like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like Italian. So what are you going to want from there? Ravi- or, uh, probably uh, lasagna. You are a lasagna fan. What about a spaghetti? Or maybe uh, a... What if you mix it up a little bit? Maybe a, uh, what you call, ravioli. Ooh. Yeah, like ravioli. You are a ravioli guy. I am a ravioli guy. Well, someday next week, I'll get us some lunch. Okay. And I'll get you some ravioli. Maybe even I'll throw in some extra bread. Ooh, extra bread. Extra bread for you. Do you like the oil that they dip in bread? No, I like butter. Butter. Well, the reason that Steve is being treated to lunch is because we bet earlier this week, I said the Royals would win both games of their I-70 series at Kauffman Stadium against the St. Louis Cardinals. Steve said the Cardinals are going to win both games. And if they split, then it would have been a push. But instead, the Royals lose both games. And not only lose both games, they don't score a run in either game. And they had just come off a road trip, a 10-game road trip, where they hit 22 home runs, a a franchise record, and they couldn't get the ball out of the infield. And, like, Dakota Hudson pitched last night for the Cardinals. He'd been terrible. He'd been awful the last four games. So thanks for rubbing that in. Hell yeah. You'll be able to have some lunch on gym. There you go. And you will have a belly full of ravioli, or I'm assuming you're going to just stick with lasagna. Probably so. You'll probably just go back to Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Steve, are you feeling excited this week? Because we are, we're getting closer and closer to high school football starting. Just all of high school sports. Right. But it feels like there's been a really big buzz about high school football this week. The last couple of weeks, it's getting there. Yeah. Because and then everything really gets rolling on Monday. A lot of the preseason lists have come out, you know, guys to watch, McPherson I fearing very prominently, uh, players to watch. McPherson's had several uh, on the watch list. And and you talk about getting excited. We should mention, by the way, tonight's the parents' 
meeting at six That's o'clock. Right. Will you be going? I'm not a parent. You can learn out all about the rules and regulations. I ought to go out there and see if anyone wants to sign up for the Mid Kansas Sports. That's magazine. right. You should. I didn't think about that. Just go stand there with one in your hand and say, "Magazine, get your magazine yeah, in." Yeah. Well, the the uh, magazines aren't ready yet, but uh, we're f- finalizing our advertising for the magazine. So if anyone wants to advertise in our magazine, call the station two four one. Or just call Steve. Or call me two four one one five zero four. And we'll get you. We'll get you set up. Another big magazine that came out today, Steve. Did you see that? I did not. Kansas pregame. Okay. Which, for those of you who don't know, Kansas pregame is the one that puts out a big magazine at the start of the year. It's about 180 pages. Yeah. And it has individual capsules on every single team. They have all sorts of stories. They have rankings. Kansas pregame does a really good job any with place their magazine. In the we can get that. They're not here yet. Okay. But they typically, if there like is pizza a Pizza Hut, hut in yeah. your town, yeah. then they typically will have pizza, them at I think pizza, pizza Hut. Pizza Hut's a big. They're a big. There might be a few other spots here in McPherson, and they'll release that whenever yeah. they. I know deliver D- them. Dylan's had it at one time a couple years ago. I they start they from the west yeah. and work their way east. Right. So I think they've been out in Oberlin and Colby all day now, today. Is, it, is that the one Cody Stuffelbean's on? That is the one that Cody Stuffelbean will be on the cover of. He's Not just him, but yeah, one of about 20 guys. Yeah, they put about 20 top players on there. And Cody Stuffelbean, who's going to be one of the top, well, how many guys have really committed to KU or K-State from Kansas right now? Not many. Yeah. There's three or four, four or five, Co- somewhere in that range. Cody's breathing rarefied air. Of course, he's tall. He can breathe that rarefied That's air. That's right. Well, Steve, I want to talk about – something in particular with bullpup football here in just a moment. And and you wrote your sell-on sports column about this today and just the great success that this program has had and the spot that they are in right now and how difficult it is to be at this position as a program in any sport, in high school sports or college sports or professional, how difficult it is to be in the position that they have been for the last five or six years, and and the great success that they've had. I want to talk about that, but I was feeling sentimental on my walk yesterday. You know, I ponder. I've told you about how I ponder before, yeah. You you and Bruiser get along well. The Bruiser, he really ponders a lot. You know, I ponder, and I was thinking about high school football and how even though I didn't play, that it had a really big impact on my childhood, my time in high school, And I was just thinking about that yesterday and how much I have always enjoyed it. And the thing that maybe is a little different for me compared to people that would be listening here that have lived here for a long time or have lived in any smaller town is that I went to a big suburban metropolitan high school where there wasn't that history. There wasn't the generation after generation. There wasn't really even a legacy Mm-hmm. with Olathe East football that much mighty while I was Olathe there. East. The mighty Olathe East Hawks. Yeah. They were in the middle of a really good run while I was in high school and, and more at the end of that good run. But it wasn't the same as, let's say, Smith Center. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that everlasting, decade-long excellence. Right. But there was still a lot of excitement with the mighty Olathe East Hawks. And I grew up playing for an Olathe East youth team where we had orange and blue jerseys, and if you wore your jersey to the game on a Friday night, then you got in for free. There you go. And I was just thinking about all of the fun memories of high school football. What are some of your fun memories of high school football? Uh, when I was in high school? Or it could be now, uh, well, with I, covering the bullpups. When I was in high school, um, 
I just I remember how my sophomore year we weren't very good. My junior year we got pretty good. My senior year we were great. My 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 senior class was really strong for the Indy Bulldogs. And we st- we started twenty one seniors in twenty two spots. My buddy the Mons Mons Mascus was the only junior, and he played uh, linebacker. But everybody else was a senior. Uh, we lost our first three games, all of them right at the end. Then we won. If if they'd had district playoffs back then, we were the hottest team going in four A uh, at the end of the year. I mean, we were just. I think we won our final six games by a hundred and six. So this would have been the seventy four season. Been the seventy four season. Uh, I think we won our final six games by a score of one hundred and sixty eight to seven. Ooh. We beat the Ville. I mean, we even Cornelius Brooks scored a touchdown against the Ville, and you know that was kind of a highlight because no one would ex- ever expected him to score a touchdown, but Cornelius got in the end zone, high stepped it into the end zone. You know, we whipped the Ville. We had to figure out which way to go home so they wouldn't throw bricks at our bus. That's true. Yeah, because that was a pretty nasty rivalry. So uh, no, I had a lot of fun. Um, I was, you know, when I when I was in uh, middle school, I was a manager, but uh, in high school. Um, I, I did, I actually, you know, worked for the newspaper my senior year of, uh, high school. So I kind of helped out on that. So, uh, we were really good and uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, football was a big thing in independence at one, I think independence at the time may have still had the record for the longest high school football winning streak in Kansas from 57 to 62. They won 49 in a row. And my, and my Juco golf coach, Blaine Babb, the Beebs. He was the, he was a star on that team. So, the Beebs. Yeah, and of course Ko Emmett was a legendary coach. They named the field after him. I think he was the first Independence guy in the Keisha Hall of Fame. So uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun following football. Uh, you know, I was really close to all the guys on the team. So uh, just a lot of fun times. One of my favorite memories from high school football is my junior year, and one of my best friends, Matt. We all called him Gorby. Mm-hmm. Gorby was an offensive lineman. And was his last name Gorbachev? No, it was just Gorby. Okay. We, we called him Gorbatron, all sorts of different names. Oh, everyone's got So he's names. an offensive lineman. Yeah. And we were a power-running team. The mighty Olathe East Hawks, they ran power eye, and they ran it down your throat. Well, and that's what we ran, too, because we had, we had two great running backs. We had a tailback, Brian Turner, the BT Express. He was over 1,000 yards. Bud Kendrick was our up back. He was almost a 900 yards. We didn't throw it very much, but we, we had some really tall receivers. Greg Jackson was like 6'5". You know, he was, a, he was a good receiver and had some great linemen. Tank Kelly, my buddy Tank Kelly, he was, a, he was the pinwheel at center. So, yeah. So we get down to the goal line, and it's obviously going to be a run play. The handoff goes to the running back. Somehow the ball gets jarred out whether it was a bad exchange or if he bumped into an offensive lineman. So in a very swift motion, ball pops out of the running back's hands, lands in the lap of Gorby Oh yeah! after he got off of a block. He was blocking somebody, and the ball just lands in his lap at the goal line. He gets into the end zone, and you see big number 67 with the ball in one hand, his left hand in the other, and there's a great photo of it. Kind of like Noah Avila. Similar remember, to that. I remember the photo. It the, was a blocked Ken- punt, and he got into the end zone, and both hands were in the air. Kendall Shaw got a great photo of that. So he became touchdown Gorby from go. that moment on. That was one of my favorite memories. Yeah. And that we were all in the stands, and our PA announcer was our basketball coach, Coach Jim Super, who just retired this last year, actually. Okay. He was there from the beginning of Olathe East 
1992, and he did the PA, I think, the entire time. And he had him in class, and so he realizes who scores, and he goes, touchdown, Hawks. <laughs> touchdown, <laughs> Gorby. And it's one of those lines that always oh, yeah. sticks with me. Now, let me, me ask you this. Let's hear it. Being at the mighty Olathe East Hawks, what kind of attendance did they have for games? Because I've always heard 6A attendance isn't very good at some point. Well, the thing you have to remember, too, is there are a lot of people yeah. And that when you have a 6A football program, there are like 200 guys that play on the football team yeah. in some capacity. There are 40 cheerleaders that are down bigger, on the bigger field. Bigger than bullpup crowds? There are uh, two or 300 people in the band. So you have to remember that there are a lot of people. Yeah. But most of the people that are at these games are there for their kid. Or there are about 800 people in the but, student but you know, section. It, it's always interesting. You look at You watch 6A basketball. And you look at, you know, how many people are there. I think 6A doesn't draw as well as like 5A or 4A. or. It just small. depends on the place. Yeah. I would think that on the home side of the stadium, 2,000 people maybe. Yeah. But a lot of those are students. A lot of those are parents. Sure. There aren't just people from the community yeah. going to these that's games what I, that's what for the most get, part. That's what I was getting at because it's just big. different. It's too big. There are a lot of people in the College Boulevard Activity Center. It's got a big grandstand, but it's, it's not the same as it is here. Surely when you play the Olathe South Falcons, you drew. Isn't Ooh. that your big rival? When they played the Olathe South Falcons, Ooh. it was on, man. There you go. It was on. Yeah, game on. They played at the Olathe District Activity Center, the south end of town. Yeah. We were at the northwest end of town. Ooh. Was there railroad tracks that separated the two? There were some railroad tracks down by Odak. Oh, yeah. that was big time, Steve. Yeah. A lot of high school what football What is it about memories. railroad tracks that separate? Because our town was kind of separated well, you grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, right? I, no, I was actually on. I was just over the, the. I was the tracks. Everything north, you went to Riley School. Everything south, you either went to Washington or Lincoln. But Riley, everyone kind of looked at the Riley kids like, you know, you were privileged, you're snobby. We weren't. We weren't like that. But I was right down by the tracks. I was only. I was pretty close to the tracks. This was sort of a weird opening to our show, Steve. But I was just thinking about high school football, and I would. I would think if you ask anybody who went to a school that played football, obviously, which most do, that if you said, what's a memory from high school football? Everybody's got something mm -hmm. that the, it'll stand out to them, whether they were in the band, they were in the drill team, cheerleader, or just a fan in the stands. There's always something. There you go. Or you hate it. I don't know. Maybe you, you hated football, and so your memory was going to the games and yelling at people or sitting under the bleachers. There's always a memory associated I gotta, with it. I got a ride next to Pam Jabin on the... Uh, on the pet bus when we go to out-of-town games. Now, that was a highlight. I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Pam. <laughs> All right, Steve, let's take a break. <laughs> you got a funny grin on your face. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, no Pam Jabin, though. <laughs> it was one of Steve's favorites. Oh, yeah. For reasons unknown. Nice person. 
Very I, nice. I hope that our conversation made somebody out there turn and think, oh, I remember that one game. Oh, that was so much I'll fun. I'll bet Grandpa Danny remembers I bet one. Grandpa Danny has you a few bet. memories. Grandpa Danny. Chuck was in here. Yeah, he said, Chuck. oh, I remember this one game. I had to pull my motorcycle into the locker room and shine the lights because they lost all the power. <laughs> um, there's always great memories Chuck's associated. Like, Chuck's like Easy Rider. Unless your team was just really, really bad. Yeah. There are always good memories with well, high school football. Well, you know, I wrote my column today about the cycle that we're in. But, boy, before this cycle. When of bullpup football. 2006. That's where it all really started for bullpup football. I mean, granted, there were some decent years at times in the 70s, 80s. The 90s was forgettable. But you look from 1989 to 2005, the Bullpups won 46 games, lost 107, and made the playoffs, I think, three times. And now they've won, what, 75% of their games the last 14 years and been to the playoffs every year but one. It is pretty, you mentioned this phrase earlier, rarefied air for this McPherson team to be in the spot that they are at. And what I mean by that is continuing with the consistency that that program has had for the last decade and a half. And you mentioned they've missed playoffs once, and that was in one of those years where the senior class was a little bit thin, the schedule was tough, a we lot of a younger win- guys were playing. And we had a winning record, though. And they were still 5-4. and four. Yeah. So there are a lot of things to, that go into having a great culture and a winning tradition. And I think that people here in McPherson or some of the surrounding areas can recognize what it takes for basketball. Mm -hmm. And, of course, things have been really, really, really good here for basketball for Mm -hmm. quite some time. Mm -hmm. But there's something with basketball that stands out to me that makes it obviously easier. Do you know what that is? Consistency in the coaches. Not that. What, What makes basketball consistently easier to be good at you don't have to have as many people. Right. You can be a smaller school. You could have a thin senior class. You don't have to be a big basketball team in terms of numbers to be good. Right. But you do in football. You've got to have numbers. You've got to have participation. And, and the classes have to mesh together. Remember when the bus was in here and he said, you know, when we were in the seventh grade, we won one game. That seventh, that senior class from last year as seventh graders, they were one and six. And last year, their final year, they were 11-1 and one and 10-2, and two, I think, the year before that. Right. So part of it that makes it so t- tough to have a consistently good high school football program in a town like McPherson or a town like wherever, Hoisington, Great Bend, mm-hmm. Hutchinson, mm-hmm. Sterling, Nickerson, wherever you want to think of, is you have to have that participation. Now, Steve, you were able to cover this McPherson I football program in some of the down years, what was the participation like in terms of numbers from, let's say, 1995 compared to now? I'd say uh, you, right now we probably have what 50 upper class, you know, 50 top three classes somewhere in there, and about we, 80 something total. We were about high 30s in the top three grades. And remember, that was a 5A program yeah. the entire time. Yeah. So probably in the upper 30s, maybe around 40, because. Kids just didn't want to be involved in a losing culture. It took that one guy to come in and change the culture, and his name was Tom Young. I think that he's another guy that is under the radar in terms of his significance in Kansas high school football because he was at several different places, 
He won one state title at, at almost every place that he was at. Three, three state, three different places he won a state title. And so it is. It, it's hard for him because he won so many games. But you think of the Bardas and and some of the big names that were at one place almost the entire right. time and had so much success. But Tom Young was one of those that had so much success for such a long time. Yeah. At several different places, he ranks in the top five in most wins. I think he's like. Two or three, isn't he? He was two whenever yeah. he had stepped down. Right. But part of it, I mentioned, you got to have participation, but you threw out the consistency in coaching staffs and the consistency of a program, that is a huge part of it too. Because when you have a different coach every single year, maybe if they aren't even a teacher at the school, maybe they aren't as involved, maybe they're not from there, there are reasons why there could be a lack of participation. And you you look at this current coaching staff of Coach Pavs, a lot of these guys were with Tom Young from the start. There's not, uh, you know, Chet Harlan was here. Pat Corcoran was here. Um, I'm trying to think who else. You know, uh, Coach Scotty Davis has been there for a lot of it. Cubby was here, and, you know, he, he left and then came back. Chris Allen, you know, was on that staff. Now, he's not on staff now, but he still helps out, you know, with the program. Then you've had guys like, Zach Hoppus helped with the program. Uh, but you look, you know, a lot of these coaches have been here a long time. And I think that's a big reason for the success. And of course, the other element here, too, is you have to have really good athletes, yeah. which I think if you study the history of McPherson I Sports, there have always been tremendous athletes. Well, and you here. look, and you look in the 90s when we weren't good, look at the athletes that were playing basketball, that played basketball, and did not play football. They played growing up. Like Ryan Hurst, he was an all-stater as a sophomore. He didn't play uh, his senior year. Todd Alexander, he was he led the state in interceptions, I think, as a junior. Didn't play as a senior. Brian Henson was a tremendous linebacker as a youngster. You know, we had guys like that, and they just elected. You know, they knew where ba- basketball was going to be their, you know, their ticket to college, and they concentrated on that. So, uh, and you got to give Coach Kinneman credit. He never discourages players from not playing football right because he you know he played football the cowboy played football you know he could have won the punt, pat, national punt pass and kick <laughs> if he hadn't gone soccer style but that's a story for another day but anyway uh coach kenneman's never discouraged guys from playing football you know would he like to not see him play football sometimes probably. i think he gets nervous well he probably got nervous with the bus i mean because the bus was toting the mail last year and you know he was just hoping that you know he made it through his career without an injury but Bus made it through his senior year. And so there are a lot of factors that go into having a su- successful high school football program that is different than other sports. You have to have that culture. You have to have the right coach. You have to have participation. You have to have athletes. And right now, I want people, and I say this sometimes on this show too, especially with basketball, but we said it last year with football, I want people to recognize where things are at right now. Ooh, they're good. Where this program is at where the coaching staff is at, the athletes. And we've been going through, and there's a story at midkansasonline.com right now that you wrote, talking about all of the preseason accolades, recognition for the guys in this program. And part of it is that there are more publications that do it. But the other thing is, there are some really, really good players in this program that can help make things, even when, let's say it's a down year, which it's not, that you can win with just yeah. guys like this. But when you have that, plus the program, plus everything going and I, and well. I can tell you right now, 
people around the program are saying if they're not seven and one at the worst, they're going to be very disappointed for the regular season. Eight and zero is the goal, which you know they achieved last year. Well, Steve, the other thing is we know the real goal for this team. Oh yeah. And I was thinking about that yesterday as well while I was pondering and thinking about getting to a state semifinal. And of course, that is a big goal for every team. You put yourself in a chance to come out of your half of the state, represent the West for over here, and be able to play for a state championship. And we have mentioned it many times that the McPherson I football program has never been in the state championship right. game. And basically, the West is designed to see who plays Miege in the state championship game because Miege is going to be there pretty much every year. But the goal for this team, and especially for this senior class who was a bunch of sophomores for the team that lost to Andale in the state mm-hmm. semifinals. Then last year, they were knocking on the door, had the lead late against Goddard, couldn't find a way to win. You can guarantee when you go out to practice on Monday, when you and I go out there, that they might may not talk about Goddard or state semifinals or state championship game, but there is an expectation within themselves that that's their goal. That's where they want to be. They don't care about points per game. They don't care about breaking records. They don't care about any of that stuff. They want to be playing in late November. And that's every team's goal. Sure. But this is a team right now and a program that that's where they've set the bar. Right. Things are great because that is the expectation, which is great, which means you are playing well, but that means the expectations are high. Yep. And we've seen that. You've seen it for a long time with bullpup basketball. And I got to say, last year... I have covered high school football. Well, last year was my 40th year here and 40, what, three overall. I've never seen a team have a stress-free regular season where they just absolutely, other than one half of the first game of the year, they coasted. They were on automatic pilot for 11 weeks. No internal drama. No. No injuries. No. No tests and games. No. It, it was a very strange year in that yeah, play. Yeah, it was just it was just like we showed up. Well, the big question was how long will the starters go? And I don't know if that will be the case this year, but I think in several games it might be. It's a lot of high school football on the show today, Steve. Yeah. But we're excited. We're oh, getting close. Jacked. It's almost here. Pumped. But it's fun. And I just want everybody to recognize how good things are right now. Yeah. Because – it doesn't take much. I've always heard people say that you're one bad decision away from ruining your life or you're three bad decisions away from this happening. That it doesn't take much for the dominoes to start falling the wrong direction. Exactly. It doesn't take much. And I just want everybody to appreciate where things are at right now. Yeah, we should uh, just count our blessings right now. That, In fact, the sports cycle at McPherson and I've said, I mean, how many times am I going to have to say it's the year of the bullpup? I've kind of said that, what, two or three years in a row? 39 years in a row. Yeah, well, no, but, but I mean, for a lot of sports. I mean, you look at the fall, you've got a boys' soccer team, should be could be Final Four. you got a football team, could be Final Four. you got a volleyball team, could be Final Four. you got a girls' tennis team. They've got some girls that could be in the Final Four of singles or doubles. So it's going to be a great fall at McPherson High. We're almost there, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Buckle up. Oh, I'm, I'm buckled. <laughs> we'll take our final break and be back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, 
Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, enjoyed the show today. Sure. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Talking about high school football. Hey, it's just, memories. Around, just around the corner. It's getting there. Are you excited for the first night? You ever, you still get the jitters? You mean the first game of the season? First night, yeah. Oh, I get, I get excited. I sure. can't sleep. Sure. It's well, like Christmas. I can always sleep. You can always sleep. Yeah. Have you got your sleep apnea machine yet? No. I've, oh, yeah, I got the machine. You have the machine? I, I got to get the mask. I can't wait to see you in the mask. Ooh. You're going to start coming in with those lines across your face. I have a lot of lines in my face anyway. I'm craggy looking. That means that you are going to be sleeping well. Well, I hope so. I'm excited for you, Steve. Well, I hope You so. deserve a good night's rest. Well, I do. I'm exhausted. You're always exhausted. I am exhausted. Steve, no show tomorrow. Oh, that's right. You're going to uh, Kansas City. That's right. So enjoy your weekend. Royals. Yeah. You're going for affiliate day. Yeah. All right. It'll be fun. Yep. I'll get you your lunch next week. All right. Ravioli, lasagna. Probably lasagna. Maybe both. No. no. The double-double. I can't do that. (laughs) Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Monday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.